Hello, this is Natalie. It's 10 a.m. on a beautiful Sunday morning, and I am trying to edit our Gone Girl episode. Uh, While I was doing that, I discovered that we like this movie so much that we talked about it for far too long. So we're splitting it up into two separate episodes. Uh, That's not how we recorded it or intended it to be. Lesson learned. Don't talk for two hours about a film that is, you know, two and a half hours long. Um, But I'm splitting it up into two episodes, part one and part two. So if you are just joining us... um, There is a part one and part two to this episode. I believe that you are listening to part one. Um, And now I'm going to record the same exact thing for part two. Enjoy the show. Hello. 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 Um, welcome to May I Speak to Pizza. It's good being back. Yeah. How are you guys doing this week? Good. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a, it's only Monday, so it's like, how was my past week? It was good. We went to the pool. We did go to the pool. Oh, margaritas were had. On Saturday. They were, yeah. Yeah, many, many margaritas. I, I had to pull an Irish goodbye on everyone because I just started feeling really lightheaded. Like I, this was after the margaritas after dinner. So like I wasn't drinking anymore, but I just started feeling really dizzy and literally just walked away from everyone at the bar and went outside <laughs> and then just walked to our apartment. And it was like on St. Patrick's day. So it's my contribution. So maybe this is like, like this is 30, like maybe this yeah. is what this feels like because I, did not remember that it was St. Patrick's Day. I didn't know. I had no idea. Um, like someone texted me and Mike and were and was like, "You guys ready to rage?" And I was like, "No. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? It is eleven thirty on Saturday." Yeah, I, I walked home from the bar at ten thirty at night. Yeah, literally thirty minutes later, <laughs> Alba, I left. I looked yeah. at Nick. I was like, "I've been drinking all day. I'm done. <laughs> like, I'm good." I had I had a glass of water at the bar. Nice. Yeah, it was, it's like you've been out all day. We were at the pool for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> like, like at four. <laughs> but the sun was already going down. Yeah. But the Margs. This is 30. The Margs made it all, all okay. Yeah, they were really good. They were. Um. So can we start off giving Jen's coworker a shout out? Hey, hey yes. Kelly King. Thanks for listening. <laughs> What up, Kelly? We have a listener. Yeah. Happy to have you. Just who is also a Detective Society listener, evidently. Yeah. Well, just so you know, Kelly, you're getting like some very secret info right now. Um, I will probably be recording the next episode this week. It's going to be on the murder of Gianni Versace. (gasps) Ooh. (laughs) I'm excited about that one. That's awesome. (laughs) <laughs> yeah have you been have uh, you been watching no uh, so i on purpose did like a media blackout of the assassination of gianni versace because mm, i want to watch it so bad i've been watching but I also it. i knew that i wanted to record this episode i wanted to record this episode forever because i have a very personal connection to this murder <gasps> um And so I, on purpose, was like, okay, I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to wait until I record the episode. And then I know that the series, like the season run just ended. So I was like, okay, I'll record it right after it ends. And then that way it'll be like some good, good timing. And then I'm going to binge all of it. I like that you're not, yeah, I like that you're not watching it. Because it's, it's very interesting. Like just the the way the show, uh... They either, like, they filmed the show. I think a lot of people don't like it. I'm not online, so I don't know. But, like, Chris saw me, like, watching it. And he's like, people are saying it's not very good. And because it run, it like, the only thing, like, it jumps around the timelines. Um, but I really like that, so. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan. I really yeah. like it. <clears throat> and uh, the guy that plays Darren Chris, I think is his name. Oh, who plays Andrew Cunanan. Yeah, uh, he's fantastic. Yeah, that. he is. Um, I also, yeah, I heard that the casting was especially good. It is. Yeah. 
Which they always do on all of these American Horror Story shows. Like, the casting is always absurdly good. And even though Gianni's not played by an actual Italian, he's played played by a Venezuelan actor. So oh. that makes me very happy. Oh, I'm very, I'm, I'm really interested now. Like, I have, yeah. to, I have to watch it. I also, so Jen, while you were off and trying to figure out your um, audacity, <laughs> I was telling Alba, like, I can't hold it inside anymore. I can't wait to talk about this movie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay, can we? Let's start. Okay. Uh, well, hold on. First, housekeeping. Um, this is May I Speak to Pizza. Please rate and review. Um, feel free to follow us on Twitter, even though none of us uh, are tweeting from the show account yet. But um, we will. Yeah, we will. But I, yeah, I will make I'm, my return to Twitter. I, I, I'm sorry. I feel like I should talk about the fact that in our first episode, Alvin and I decided that we were going to make a pizza like while we recorded may i speak yes, to pizza please tell the um, story so i we didn't have time to like order one because we were going to be recording so we thought we'll like put it in the oven it'll be like ready by the time we start recording and so we'll have like pizza and record um we actually started recording before it was done so the pizza alarm went off and alba somehow like a <laughs> sleuth ninja got up and took the pizza out of the oven but didn't turn off the timer so your oven's weird yeah i know it's really strange (laughs) and um yeah we had a really crispy pizza that we both had to like sneak out and like turn (laughs) off the oven and timer for uh during the recording of the last episode so if you didn't hear us do that it's because we're like also part-time ninjas so yeah. yeah. Well, there was a period, I feel like, where I was just talking. Like, I was just like, well, they're walking somewhere. <laughs> they're just leaving. Just carrying the show on your so, back. <laughs> I'll just keep talking about Sarah Jessica Parker's, like, crazy bone structure for a while. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, oh, my God. So, um, yes, I'm Natalie Levy-Costa. You can follow me at NRLSEE on Twitter and Instagram. I'm, I'm Alba. I'm sorry, Jen. <laughs> it's okay. You're both Alba. <laughs> We're both our two Albas. No, I'm Alba Towers, and you can follow me at Alba Towers on Instagram. And I'm Jen Schaefer, and you can follow me at Yo It's with a Z, Jen, two N's, on uh, Instagram and Twitter. What up? <laughs> um, okay, so maybe we should talk about like how we decided to do an episode, how we went from failure to launch to <laughs> to left God girl. Um, so Alba found this really, inc- I actually thought it was like an incredible BuzzFeed article about um, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, they've been doing really good pieces like that, but it was on Jennifer Lawrence's uh, cool girl status. And how it's basically become a prison of her own making. And, uh, I mean, I don't want to get too much into the article, but it's just, you know, Jennifer Lawrence is super likable. Everyone can be friends with her, and she's, you know, the stereotypical cool girl. And whenever she tries to be serious, when she tries to talk about feminism and today's politics, we're like, oh, silly Jennifer Lawrence. Just go back to being cool. Yeah, so... And then that led us to this film, which I actually, when I read the book, I think it was like around the time that Natalie, you moved to California and like, I immediately read it and I was like, I have to tell Natalie about this because she either knows about this book or needs to read it. And she had just listened to the audiobook. Wait, so yeah. So I should tell this story. Jen, have you read the book? I have. Okay, so so we've all read the book or listened to the book, which I did. Um, so Mike and I were driving cross-country from Florida to California, which is an insanely long drive. This was like days and days in the car alone, us two and our dog, who at one point was like so desperate to get out of the car. She just like left. She just like jumped out the window and left. <laughs> uh, she came back, but, you know, she was done. Um, so, so at one point I was like, oh. Let's listen to audiobooks because we'll we won't have to like talk to each other. We'll just be in the car quietly listening to these stories. Because um, when you're trapped in a car with each other for ten to twelve hours at a time, like eventually you're just like stop talking to me. I've heard this story eight times. <laughs> um, so uh, I had heard about Gone Girl. Um, it was like all the rage at the time. It was like 2014, and. 
I decided like, oh, I'll just play it, like not knowing anything about what it was about, not knowing anything. And so I'm listening to I'm listening to this book in the car about a wife who hates her husband and a husband who may have murdered his wife with my not even fiance at the time. And he and I are both listening to it, both listening to it, both listening to it. And I think at one point we both realized like I was all about crazy ass Amy and he was like, (laughs) what the fuck? Are you going to murder me? Like, are you going to fake your death? And I was like, I mean, not today, but like, this girl rules. Just know, it's a thought now. Just know, like, now I have the formula. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she really just sets it for you, just step by step. It's a how-to guide. Oh my god, to-do lists? Like, no other. <gasps> I also draw those little boxes next to, <laughs> and like someone at work told me like, oh, that's so cute. Like you probably won't do that when you get like really busy. And I'm like, no, I still, I will take the time. Those to-do lists get more and more intense the busier you get. Yeah. Like they just become like these un, like these crazy uncontrollable, like just boxes with tiny words scribbled next to them. And then it feels so good when you cross them out. Yeah. It's how I I can function without a to-do list. I make one every single day. I've had a notebook. Um, Actually, I have several notebooks from, like, the time I started working at my job, which was, like, almost three years ago. I have, like, each notebook, and you have, like, every day at the top, the day of the week, the date, and then my list of to-do. And it's, like, crazy. Mine's not as neat as Alba's is, probably, because my writing gets kind of crazy. And then, like, when I start to get frazzled, my handwriting gets, like, extra crazy and becomes, like, super swirly cursive that, like, comes out of nowhere. But... Yeah, it, it's it's very satisfying to cross things off a list. I yeah. love it. I, I feel like there's no better, like, soothing therapy in life than, like, crossing things off your to-do list. Um, so maybe, maybe we talk a little bit about the book. I remember hearing a lot of shade towards Jillian Flynn when the book came out because people were like, clearly she's angling for a movie deal. And I remember being like, Okay, yeah, maybe she is. Let her get hers. Yeah. What the hell is I this? I mean, she wrote she wrote the screenplay for the movie. So clearly if she if that's what she was going for, like good for her. She did it. She did it, guys. Yeah, like, she conquered her goals. That's awesome. You got David Fincher to <laughs> direct Guys, we your, saw- like the book that your screenplay. Like, yeah. And Ben Affleck's Wiener. Is it? Was that Ben Affleck's Wiener? Yeah, no, yes, it you know was. what? This time, this it, time, I actually saw it. I've seen this movie like two other times, and like I've always just been too slow at like looking at it. And this time, I was like, nope, there it is. It's it's there, and it's there. You really paid attention. I had. To. I was wondering. I was wondering how long we would go in this podcast. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, guys, eleven minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's like the end of the movie. I know. It's like I'm the last so sorry, thing. We skipped, we skipped right to the dick. Yeah. I mean, you know, let's get, let's get it out there. I, okay. So I will be honest with you. Um, as a connoisseur of um, Where media. Are you going? <laughs> oh, <God>. Media. Not, <laughs> not penises. <laughs> um, as a woman who watches media made for women, um, I obviously have come across Michael Fassbender in my life. Yes. Um, wait, which one was the one in Big Little Lies? Was it Michael Fassbender or Alexander Skarsgård? Skarsgård. Alexander. Oh, okay. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I read that the piece in Big Little Lies, the Big Little Lie, as I like to call it, um, is a prosthetic because then Nicole Kidman smacks it with a racket. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, now that I have seen the, you know, sideline wiener in <laughs> Gone Girl, um, <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, like, I think maybe that was a prosthetic. It could have been. Well, I, so I don't, I mean, I don't know how much credibility do trivia, does trivia have in the IMDb website? <laughs> But according to, because I read it today, um, it was real. Because and 
like I think David Fincher like didn't want it to be like he wanted to take I can't remember which word he used but just like it was gonna be like gritty like European style he was gonna take the vanity out of it um but I think that's his real penis Okay, so I have a, a question about another penis or potential penis in this movie. <laughs> and then we can leave all the penis talk behind, I promise. This is it. But we won't. <laughs> okay. Um, when, at the end of the movie, is it okay that I skip to the end and, like, spoiler alert? Like, I'm gonna... It, it is. Okay. So, towards the end of the movie, um, when Amy is escaping... And oh my god, like, I already I already know what you're gonna say, girl. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris is covered in blood, but I'm almost certain that he is like naked from the waist down. And yes. it's covered in blood. Because that's 100%. what I saw. And I was like, oh, oh my god, there's another wiener in this movie. And I was not expecting it, but it was there. And um Oh, I, I so don't remember that, that was, one. That was the only wiener that I remember seeing the first time that I saw this movie. And then the second time, which was two days ago, yesterday, um, I saw the Ben Affleck one, and I was like, wait, <laughs> do I remember this from the first time I saw this movie? How could I forget that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know how, yeah. I definitely miss the Ben Affleck one each time, and also apparently Neil Patrick Harris, so I was not into this movie for the, for the wieners, for the dicks. <laughs> not there for that. Um... <laughs> I also really liked how quintessentially like David Fincher this movie was because I I feel like it's a it's a okay so I I don't know if I said this already but I'll say it again I fucking love this movie so oh, it was too. great yeah. I thought um, I liked how true it felt to the book and it's probably because Jillian Flynn wrote the screenplay but also that it very much felt like a film by a very talented director and filmmaker. Agreed. Definitely. And like the way that the book is written with like the diary entries, like they did a really oh, good job. I love that. Yeah. Uh, portraying that in the film. And like I, another trivia fact, that's why she uses like all the different pens and like different ink colors to like mark the time, like the, the difference in, in entries since she was writing all of this at once. Oh, another trivia fact. I looked up some trivia about this movie recently. Um, every single shot of Rosamund Pike, the woman who played Amy, is digitally retouched. What? Because all because her hair is wigs. Oh. Okay. And I didn't. And I guess she put on like I was also reading like she put on and off thirteen pounds yeah. to like. Cause like she in the scenes where she's and again this is towards the end, but with uh, Neil Patrick Harris, once she goes back to looking like herself, <laughs> as he so gently puts it, she looks incredible. It's, it's not it's not gentle at all. No, <laughs> not no. gentle at all. No, <laughs> the, the scene where he literally yanks the dessert out of her hand. Oh my god! Yes. Yeah, where he's like taking the ice cream from her and also serving himself wine and not her. Oh my god. Such garbage. Yeah. Such like complete garbage. Such a Barney move, if you ask me. <laughs> How did you guys feel about psychotic Barney? Well, maybe was... okay. Maybe let's let's talk about what the movie was about. Let's recap the movie quickly. Um, and then we'll like go through and talk about the whole thing. Yeah. yeah? Yes, let's do that. Okay, Jen, take it away. Alright, so Gone Girl, you are introduced to a husband and wife, Ben Affleck, Hottie. And um, he, I know, yeah, I'm, I'm not very I, good at this. Someone, someone else, please take no, over no, here. No, I'm, I'm just not about Ben Affleck. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've never been a big fan, but he was like I'm, voted people's like sexiest man one. So like, I guess he's considered hot. I mean, I don't know. You white, you Ben Affleck. Like that's just it, all like that's yeah, how I, I associate guess. him. <laughs> I feel like as the wife of a ma like a white man with a giant movie star head, like I <laughs> I feel like I should be more into Ben Affleck, but I'm not. I fucking there's something about his face that I'm like, God, stop being yourself. <laughs> well, and it's why he's perfect in this role. Oh, this totally. is this is like in my totally. opinion. 
Ben Affleck's best movie like, because he can be so like perfect. he can be himself. I agree. <laughs> or like what we assume he is as himself, right? Yeah, I can give him I some mean, this, credit. Maybe he's a little better than than Nick, but you know, recording this podcast is very topical right now because of his huge back tattoo that is like on the Wait, internet right what? now. <laughs> have you guys? Have you guys not what? seen the pictures no, of his? Hold on, I need to look this up. Okay, can you? Oh my God, I have to Google it right now. Right now, please. <laughs> There's gonna be so much dead air because me and Jen are just We're, like Google Ben Affleck back tattoo. It's important for the for the remainder of the podcast that you guys have this image in your head. What the sweet hell? <laughs> oh my god! Is this what is this parrot? I yeah. When did he do this? Oh my this? god! What is this? Oh no. Why Ben? <laughs> you have a daughter. Uh, I just I love watching Jen's reaction. Well, also, on the Google like, Hangout. I find like confusion, sadness. He's also so he's like in a hospital gown with a broken nose and like a bruised face. But then again, I don't know if this is like also him on the set of something. Are we sure that this is a real tattoo? This is not like Ben Affleck being a badass in a movie somewhere. No, well, there were pictures on, I mean, I on People magazine. Oh, man. And he was, like, at the beach. Yeah, I see but, Yeah, it. the pictures that I'm seeing are him at the beach yeah. with this crazy tattoo. Yeah. It's a phoenix. It's a lot of things. Oh, my God. Oh. What is happening here? But it's like a rainbow phoenix. <sighs> All right, guys. Um, and he has, like, okay, weird shoulder I'm sorry, tattoos. Jen. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry I interrupted you to talk about how much I <laughs> yeah. hate Ben Affleck. <laughs> well, he also seems to have like a tattoo on his shoulder that, like, from the like weird pixelated picture I saw, looks like Bowser. So that might be cool. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that's the one cool thing I've ever heard about him. Yeah, right. Like, might be Bowser. Then, then we're cool. All right. So, Gone Girl. So Ben Affleck um, goes to work at a bar and decides to drink at 11 a.m. with his twin sister, who helps own the bar with him. Um, and he gets a phone call from a neighbor and is told to hurry home because the door is open. So he arrives home to find his house um, oddly uh, kind of disheveled and tattered with table overturned and just his wife is gone. So he calls the cops as the cops come over and they look around and kind of see that the uh, crime scene of his house is a little bit staged and uh, they start to question him. And then from there, I think we kind of go back to the beginning when they like start to talk about their relationship. Is that right? Yep. And then we learned like that they started. So he and his wife, who is this like really beautiful woman from New York um, have this really whirlwind, gorgeous romance. Um, and then, as you can imagine, things deteriorate over time. Um, and then I guess we'll start just talking in depth about the movie from here, because then we can we can get into the twist later. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have. Can I read you guys my first note that I wrote down yes. of this whole movie? <clears throat> They cast Nick Dunn perfectly because if there is even one, all caps, one underlined, person in America who does not hate Ben Affleck, I would be very shocked. (laughs) (laughs) And then my second note is even better. Hold on. Because literally I go from talking about how much I hate Ben Affleck and I just wrote twin-cest vibes. Twin, yeah. (laughs) It's a thing in this movie. Yeah, and then the guy in the like in the airport even says twincest. Yep. Yeah. Like, I just remember I also felt like I don't know. Firstly, the woman who they cast to play Margot, I feel like does not look like Ben Affleck's what um sister. Sister. Yeah. Um and they flirt. Like they have a very flirtatious back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, she's like nine years younger than him. Like she's <laughs> much, much younger than him. No, it didn't feel right. <laughs> I like Although her. Although I, I love Carrie Coon. Yeah. I like her, she, but I, I didn't like her as the sister in this movie. No, I felt like she... 
She, I felt like, was supposed to seem like the stable one in the book. Like, she was supposed to seem like the more stable twin. And if anything, in the movie, she seemed like like totally just off the walls all over the place. Yeah. She was really emotional all the time. I mean, granted, there were some some intense things going on in her life, but uh someone had to be a little emotional. Yeah, that's because... very true. And and this is like weird cuz she like tells him basically to go fuck her brains out and then, you know, happy anniversary, which That's so weird. Right? Like I have brothers and I would never talk to them that way. <laughs> that would be mortifying. Yeah. And um and he talks about how like he goes back and like chronicles some of the gifts that she's given him in the past and like she's been so thoughtful and then like he talks about like her scavenger hunt and how like every year for their anniversary she like puts together this elaborate scavenger hunt to like gift him something for their anniversary and it's like so sweet and thoughtful and like he talks about it like it's this awful thing. It's such yeah, a drag. Like oh how dare she. Oh. So I think that kind of sets him up as a character really well. He, like, talks shit about her before he even really met her. And then um, after the whole portion of the movie where he, like, goes home and then they move forward to, like, their romance, you, like, see this girl and you're like, oh, my gosh, she's, like, so beautiful and she's witty and they have, like, really fun, playful banter and, like, the way they come together seems, like, so sweet and nice and you're like, oh, my God, this is, like, such a lovely, beautiful relationship and... I don't know, like, to go from, like, that weird person that he was at the beginning to, like, that, uh, I guess, like, at the beginning of their actual relationship, it's, like, such a disparity between the two situations. Even him, like, his whole, like, attitude and disposition is, like, totally opposite. Yeah, the timing, the, so, because they jump back and forth in time in this movie, it's, like, it's tough when you're talking about it to talk about what is in the present and what is in the past but something okay so number one amy's wig in the past is garbage <laughs> it's garbage town usa <laughs> so bad it's just like a messy bun wig right like yeah it's like it's like but like there's all kinds of like strips of hair that are like strategically placed to hide the fact that this is a wig except that it is so clearly a wig <laughs> It is awful. <laughs> but something that I I like could not get over is so they are supposed to be like just meeting each other, right? And then they get married and it's the 2008 recession. So let's say, let's say that they meet in 2006 or 2007. She claims that she writes quizzes for magazines. <laughs> Yep. She <laughs> that does. That is her full-time job. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, like, there's, like, maybe two quizzes. Like, do you work just for one magazine? Do I you can't. freelance writing lots of quizzes? Like, because you only have, like, maybe two at most in an issue. Maybe she's talking that, about, like, the tabloid magazines, you guys. Because, like, I feel like those probably have more, more quizzes, like... It is the quintessential, like, even though this is not a romantic comedy, <laughs> it's the quintessential, like, the protagonist works for a magazine and she has a lot of money. And it's like, no, well, writers don't make that much money. We should talk about how she has money. So she oh, is, like, yeah. a rich yeah. girl and she comes from an affluent family. And the reason her family is so wealthy is because her parents co-wrote a story about a girl named Amazing Amy. And... Her name is Amy, and they basically write this book about, like, a f semi-fictional child, I guess, who, like... The child that they always wanted. Right. Yeah. Right. So, it's, like, all of these amazing things that Amy does. She plays the cello. She has a dog. She makes the varsity uh, volleyball team. You know, and, like, it's so obvious that, like, a lot of her shortcomings are kind of, like, rubbed in her face by her parents because they basically take that situation in which she, as a person, failed. And then Amy somehow excels at it. And it's just like, hey, look at all this money we made. Look at how wonderful, amazing Amy is. And then it's kind of like, oh, and you're the daughter who's, like, the inspiration for this. But, like, you're not actually all of those things. Yeah, and also parents should not be buying these books because, like, there's no growth. Like, this character's just amazing. <laughs> I feel like if you're writing children's books, you should, you know, some adversity. That's true. Teach some lessons. <laughs> I feel like it's sending the wrong message. 
But yeah, oh, that's why yeah, she it's has definitely sending the wrong message. <laughs> but also, but uh, it kind of reminds me of like Nancy Drews. Did you guys ever read Nancy Drews? Yeah, yeah, I read. Yeah, like but one it wasn't. Two. Nancy was like fucking perfect. It was yeah. really annoying. I remember thinking to myself, like, can you be wrong like one time? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so they go back, so they kind of like go back in time and they show how they met each other. And Rosamund Pike, I should also say, I think a part of why I was like so like all here for Amy, um, is because I think one, I'm, I'm not a super fan of Ben Affleck, but I think Rosamund Pike was so lovely in this movie. I've just always had a really positive – well, because I associate her with, like, Pride and Prejudice with Keira yes. Knightley. And she's Jane, and that's always how I vision her. Like, really modest, really beautiful, but, like, you know, so sweet and kind. And so, like, that's, like, immediately when I saw her, I was like, that's who she is, you know? And, like, this, like, savvy New Yorker, like, maybe I believe it, but not so much. Like, I, I still kind of think of her as, like, I don't know, like – beautiful but humble and like smart but gentle i don't know all of these like nice things (laughs) i think all of the things that like amy portrays herself as in her fake diaries (laughs) yeah that's who rosamund pike is (laughs) it's like the real actress is fake amy um so so they meet it's beautiful they like kiss in fr- in front of sugar or something. I, I I hate I okay. That's my second note. <laughs> is the quote I can't let you go through a sugar storm unkissed, oh. and it's just followed by ugh <laughs> with a million G's and H's. Ugh, because that's how like, I felt about that scene. Yeah, it was like number one, disgusting that like there would be sugar all over you in New York City with the rat problem that they have. <laughs> <laughs> And that the bakery, she's like, yes, please, just walk through. Yes, and yes, this isn't just a health stop, hazard. just make out. Yeah, walk down this weird ass dark alley in the middle of the night, and like, what time is it that they were delivering the sugar? You know, like bakeries open really early; they start super early, so they have late into the night. But I don't know, and like the lip thing, and ugh. I do remember seeing that. Like, there was a snippet of that in the trailer for the movie, and it was unclear like what scene it was. And I remember, like, ooh, what is that? It looked really cool. And then, like, in the context of the movie, I was like, I mean, it's cool, but gross. <laughs> well, it's it was shot really beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then he goes down on her on the first date, which I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. He was um, uh, all about that. So <laughs> it seemed like a great time. They were – they just hit it off so well. Well – and I feel like it so I feel like part of that is setting him up as like look at him he's so handsome and charming and like a giving lover and very funny and witty um so then like later on when he is a piece of um like shit in the street <laughs> <laughs> Like we, it's it's hard to I guess resolve those two things, um, and I guess speaks to how shitty their marriage is. Yeah. Um. So then we jump forward, really quick before we do that. Um, I just want to talk about his proposal to her. So this oh is at like. Oh my god. <laughs> this is at an amazing Amy event. So she's already kind of like grumpy because she's like, eh, like, and mind you, this is all being told from the perspective of Amy in her diary. So she's talking about this like beautiful love affair. So she's talking about how she's already feeling kind of upset about she, the fact that she's going to this party and like you see her parents and her mom tells her like you should have worn the white dress to match the book and like you know she's like, well, I didn't really yeah, want that's- to. Yeah. So real creepy. It is. Her parents are like definitely borderline creeps. Um, and then so she's basically upset because what they're saying is like, oh, you know, amazing Amy's getting married. Like, how do you feel that you're like not getting married? And like as a current unmarried woman, I have to say that that is like the worst question. And then I feel like in the context of like what she's experiencing, it has to be like amplified by like a million to be like compared to this fictional character of yourself that's like made it farther in life than you. 
But anyway, I digress. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah, no, that was for sure. That was bullshit. Yeah, like so shitty of her parents. Like, way to drop like some subliminal messages like time to get married, you know. I don't know. Um <laughs> Also, he proposes to her, like the words just he literally says in front of reporters, You have a world class vagina. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then shows her a ring and is like Will you want to marry me because I'm so romantic and articulate about your pride? <laughs> like, yeah, since uh, you know Amy's getting married, I guess you should too, right? We should fix that. And it's like, what? What? Like, you're talking about my vagina in front of like reporters? I don't even strangers. Know? Yeah, like complete stranger. I that is not like the kind of compliment I'd like to get in like the presence of strangers. Just saying. So yeah, that's. That's how Ben Affleck or Nick in this movie uh, proposes. So we can just keep calling him Ben Affleck. Yeah. Because I feel like I yeah. just assume that this is all stuff Ben Affleck has done. <laughs> yeah. That's how he proposed to Jennifer Gardner. Right. <laughs> sad. <laughs> so, really I'm sad. so sad for her. <laughs> I mean, they were in that movie together, you know, like the Electra and Daredevil movies. They were like, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were. That's where it all started, I would imagine. That was, like, after his J-Lo stint, though. Man, Ben Affleck's been around. Gwen, Gwyneth yeah. Paltrow, J-Lo. Uh, who else has he dated? Was that the first celebrity, like, couple name? Benifer? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about that. The original. The original. Okay, oh, so Ben Affleck... Because that's how we're going to refer to him now. Um, gets a call at his bar where he is drinking whiskey at 10 a.m. Yeah, it's that oh. early. It's like um, 10 or 11. <laughs> uh, from his neighbor called Watchful Willie or something. Um, to tell him that his cat is outside. Uh, and then he drives over to his house and his cat is like hanging out outside their house and the front door is open. And he walks in and, like, everything seems kind of normal till he walks in the living room and, like, shit is a hot mess. And then he is very calm about the whole situation. <laughs> right? Like, he li- he tells the cop, like, once the cops show up, that's the second quote that I wrote down in my notes. When he says, I don't panic easily, but this is weird. What? Like, that is your reaction? You panic. <laughs> yeah, like... I don't think weird is the right word, but okay. He, okay, Ben Affleck. He definitely gives off the wrong vibe, like, right from the beginning. Like, yeah. He, like, you can tell that, like, the cop is, like, she, the cop is a woman, and she comes Ooh, with, like, Rhonda two... Boney. Yeah, and she's Y'all. amazing. <laughs> I love Rhonda Boney. So, something that I wanted to ask early on was, who... Who do you guys think is the protagonist of this movie? Um, I would say... Because I think it must be yeah. Rhonda Boney. <laughs> She's the only good person in this she movie. She is. She is. Um, because everyone else is terrible. Between like, her and Officer Fake Toby Maguire, like, <laughs> those two are the only people hey, that I'm like, yeah, I'm rooting that for is, them. That is Patrick Fugit yep. from Almost Famous Wait, fame. what? Yes. yes. <laughs> I did know this, but... That is the little kid from Almost Famous. Wait, there's no. another person you don't expect, another policeman. Do you guys remember, like, the second random police guy? <gasps> Was he's, he... Okay. Is he's he Marcus? <laughs> no, he's <laughs> From Boy Meets World. I was like, oh my god, where are his glasses? Like, he was in love with Topanga. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I, like, saw him and I was like, oh, yay. No, this movie's stacked. It is. It's got a really... real. And we haven't even gotten to talking about Tyler Perry. Oh my god, no, he's my deal. Casey Wilson. <sighs> oh my god, she is That's the best. That's probably the only other, like, good person. <laughs> She's a good idiot, so yeah, she gets taken down a notch. Rhonda Boney rules. 
Um, okay, sorry. So continue, Jen. All right, so Ben Affleck um, speaks to the cops, and they eventually take him down to the police station to kind of question him informally about the whereabouts about his wife. And quickly, um, through the questioning that the policemen are doing, you can see that Ben Affleck is not a very involved husband. Um, he doesn't know if his wife has any friends. He doesn't know what she does all day. Um, he doesn't really know very much about, like, her current, like, ongoing day-to-day life. So, you know, the cops think this is, like, so weird. He also sings the Law & Order SVU song. <laughs> Does he really? <laughs> I feel like I missed that. What yes. even the hell was that? <laughs> is it like a dun-dun, 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 was like dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening here? So insensitive. God, like your wife is missing and you're just like, yeah, I don't know what she does. She just, she does her thing, you know. He waits like an entire day to contact her parents. Yeah, so they ask him like, okay, have you talked to her parents? Like you would think that like the first thing that ha- like when your wife goes missing, you're like, all right, where else can she be? And you contact all of those people. And obviously her parents would be some of those people. And the fact that he didn't even think to call them and he was just like, oh, I'm just going to call the police. I don't know. I just, I don't know. It, it bothered me. Um, so, yes, the police were very much aware of his aloofness. And um, he, I don't quite recall exactly how he ends up walking around the police station, but they're like, he finds his dad there, which they really like downplayed like the significance of his dad, I think, in the movie versus like in the book. I think you hear oh my a lot guess. more. You see the dad yeah. one time. Yeah. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, the dad has, like, much more of a role in the book. But in the movie, um, he's been brought to the police station uh, because he escaped his, like, assisted living care home. Um, and he appears to have, like, Tourette's and some kind of degenerative, like, um, what is it, like, Alzheimer's type of disease. And so he's, like, yelling out obscenities at the officer and, like, you know... This is where Ben Affleck finally has, like, an emotional reaction, and he gets really upset with his dad, and he, like, slams a door and is like, Dad, stop it, you know? And, like, I don't know. He, like, gets really into this. And, like, to think that, like, up until this point, his wife has been missing, and he's been so calm, and then... And he, like... his wife is gone. Yeah. And she's, like, a white lady in the middle of nowhere. The worst things in the world are probably happening to her at that point. Yeah. In Missouri. Um, and then he also, he calls her complicated, like the, the so Rhonda Boney, our hero of this film, um, asks, tell me about your wife. And he says, I don't know, she's complicated. And later on, um, his sister is like, everyone knows complicated is code for bitch. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's true. <laughs> It's so true. Yeah, he goes from the station, I guess he like takes his dad back to the assisted living home. And like he doesn't even get out of the car to help his dad out. He just like nope. drives up and is like, peace, you know, and like waits for the like the actual attendings to come fetch his father. And then he's like out. And then he like goes to his sister's house. And this is where they like start talking about the fact that Amy's gone. And like she seems to have a normal reaction. She's like, oh, my God, like, I'm so worried. Where could she be? You know, and he's just like, I don't, I don't know, you know, like. He's like, I don't fucking know, Margot. So the next scene is when we get our first introduction to pregnant Noelle. Oh my god. The second hero of this film. Another champion. (sighs) Yeah, a local idiot. (laughs) Yeah. That is how she is described. Yes. Step one, befriend a local idiot. Yeah. Uh, oh. she's wonderful. Yeah, and I think so a little before that we get our first clue. Yeah. Oh, from the scavenger yeah. hunt. Cuz he goes to his dad's house after he drops him off at the home. Actually, the first clue comes from Minkus. He finds it in her oh, What does he yes. call her underwear? Like unmentionable. Unmentionable. <laughs> oh man, it cracks me up. Anyway, so they find it there and it's um Oh, yeah, that I got to, like, the third clue before the first one. Yeah, the first clue... Yeah, the first one is the one that he finds at the house, yeah. which leads him to his office. Right, and they go to his office, and this is where um, he finds the second clue and also a pair of racy red thong panties just hanging out in his inbox in his office. And um, 
sheep acid. Which are, like, also, I just want to point out, the trashiest, like, nastiest panties I've ever seen. They are, like, what I think, like, men in 1970 were buying their wives when they were clueless about, like, what women actually wore. Because <laughs> I was like, what are these frilly, lacy, like, number one, those would be so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Number two, in the mailbox, like, yeah. with papers in there, I was like, no, dog. Get those, like, butt flossy underwear out of there. That is not sanitary. And they were, like, red and frilly and, like, seemed like they were all made of mesh. It's just not good for you. It's just not hygienic. Yeah, that, that those were definitely like, highly flammable underwear. <laughs> yeah. Listen, someone felt sexy in them, all right? So, <laughs> do you, boo. <laughs> uh, so, this is where... Um, he reads the second clue, and he realizes what the third clue is, but he plays dumb to the police. So he pretends that he doesn't know what this clue is. And the clue is basically um, pointing him to his father's house, which is like this old house which is in complete disarray. And he actually, so he comes in and he tries to turn off the alarm and it does not shut off. And he just continues pressing the same code like it's going to work and then just gets so flustered when it doesn't turn off. And he's like, is this really necessary? Do you really need to call me? And it's like, yeah, man, like that's the point. That's what an alarm is. (laughs) That's what you're paying for. And then the police show up and um, he thinks that they may have been following him. They're like, oh, what are you doing here? And he's like, I I come here, you know, to to make sure it hasn't burnt down. But it is literally the most disgusting house. There is just like cups and shit everywhere. Was there food out? I feel like. I I think so. And no one lives there. It was like short of having like roaches like all over everything like that's all that was missing from that shot is like big nasty cockroaches like that is what that place was it was disgusting and to think he goes there on the low low Mm-mm. for shame oh later my God, we, we learned that girl. for yeah, that shame they would go to his office and then his dad's house Gross. and then Marco's woodshed god I forgot Which, about that terrible yeah, man, she had him She's such a good planner. Oh, yeah, so good. Yeah, she really... You know? I, if there's one thing to take away from this movie, it's her just meticulous planning. <laughs> yeah. Like, knowing to change the alarm so that he would be caught there. Yeah. Such a clever girl. I love it. Um. So then we go from the house where he's banging his student to... I think that they, like, go to Margot's house, but then they go to the press conference that he's holding, which is, my God. Yeah. <laughs> the most depressing thing I've ever... It's, like, at, I guess it's staged to look like a town hall, but he just walks up and he's like, uh, my wife's missing, um, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Then- Goes and then and listens stands. to the the photographers when they tell him to smile. Yeah, and just smile. Like that's why I knew he would be perfect. Because like in the book, she describes this so well, and then Ben Affleck just pulls it off effortlessly. Just a super detached. <laughs> yeah, smile. Yeah, and her parents go up there and they say all of these nice things about her. They're like, Amy is such a beautiful and sweet nice person like please if anybody has any information like you can tell that they are obviously distraught but this guy just like rolls up and he's like she's missing if you know anything like please contact us and tell us where she's at and that's it and and then her parents announced www.findamazingamy.com yeah (laughs) and it like blows up in that town (laughs) Oh, I also, so this was the first point at which I noticed something. Did they style Ben Affleck in this movie to look like Scott Peterson? Yes. Yes? Yeah. That was another trivia fact. (laughs) (laughs) That, like, Fincher was, like, looked into a lot of uh, husbands of, like, missing wives. And that was one of the ones that was mentioned. Wow. Yeah, because I kept thinking, I was like, 
I followed the Scott Peterson and Lacey Peterson story, which was horrible. Go look it up, guys. Maybe we'll do a detective society on it. This husband, Scott Peterson, for sure murdered his pregnant wife, Lacey. Um, And again, like kind of a similar situation. Really, really sweet woman. um, Smart, beloved by like everyone. Um, And he had this very distinct mid 2000s look of like always wearing a button down and like spiky hair and came off always like very, very slimy. And I, I thought like the minute that he walked into that press conference, I was like, that's Scott Peterson. I'm looking at images of him now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so while Jen looks at images of Scott Peterson, did you guys, did you guys notice in the flashback to 2008 when um, Nick and Amy are both laid off from their jobs in 2008, writing for magazines and or writing quizzes for magazines, <laughs> that Nick is sitting at home playing video games, eating Chinese food, and drinking Natty Light. Yes. What? And he had just purchased, like, a, laptop. The PS, a PS3 and a new laptop, and it's like, really? Wait. That all you could afford? But, be- but before this, he gets upset with her because... She tells him that her parents need her trust fund money. And he's like, he's like, what do you mean? That's like almost all of it. And like, A, it's not your money. <laughs> it's your wife's. And B, it came from her parents. So like, I don't know. And then he's Still just like, money. he's like, oh, I guess it's okay. I'm sorry. You know, but like he catches himself. But yeah, I know he was for sure like annoyed by it. Who buys a... An expensive Mac laptop and drinks Natty Light. Who is this person? Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then we meet for the first time. You know what? I take it back. Rhonda Boney is not the hero of this movie because it's fake Nancy Grace. (laughs) (gasps) Oh, she's so good. Yes. What is? I love her so much. And forever, so until, like, the very, very last scenes of the movie, we only ever see this character on TV. And even still, I'm like, they cast this character perfectly. They styled her perfectly. Like, fake Nancy Grace won my heart. (laughs) She made great TV, even though it was movie TV. It was wonderful. Yeah, I would definitely rather watch fake Nancy Grace (laughs) than the real Nancy Grace. I think Nancy Grace gets a bad rap. I really do. I I don't think by any means that she, like, you know, holds it together very well on TV. Um, But I think she was, like, a victim's advocacy lawyer, like, forever before she was ever on TV. Like, she did, like, crazy amazing work. And then, like, I don't know. She gets on TV and I'm constantly just like, yeah, you go, Nancy. But I 100% prefer fake Nancy Grace. (laughs) Fake Nancy Grace really makes Nick out to be exactly who he is in this entire movie. Like, she's not exaggerating about him, like, at all. She she nails it right on the head. Yeah, between the the fake, the smile, and then the... (laughs) selfie that he takes oh my god with the so random woman good. yeah so this after they go from like ben affleck just squandering like they're no money they cut to him driving up to a rally that was put together by her parents to help like for the community to come together and volunteer to find her to do like you know just search the entire city so he shows up and it is full like everybody's already there he shows up and it's like mid afternoon and everybody like looks at him and they're like, oh, hey. Um, and he just I don't know what he's carrying. It's like a box. And he looks around the room and he like starts saying hi to people and like thanking them and doesn't even go and say hi to her parents who put this together. He like walks away and goes to talk to the cop. And like from here, he like goes to get some air and stands in the hallway by himself and is approached by like a young, good looking woman who says like, oh, hey, like, I'm so sorry. Are you remembering to eat? And like, you can tell she's like kind of flirting with him because she's like touching his arm a, a little aggressively. And she's like, 
oh, well, I'll make you my Frito pie or something along this line. Frito casserole, I think is what it was. Um, and she's like, oh, do you mind if I, if I just, like, take a picture and, like, just, like, encroaches on his space? And instead of being like, no, he just lets her and smiles in, in the picture with her. And I, I can't understand. I just... And then he like it's why Ben Affleck is the best in this movie. He does such a good job. He's like awkwardly like, no wait, uh, no, like, can you like please delete that? No, please delete it from your phone. Delete it from your phone. And she's like, whoa, dude, get away from me! Like, no, it's my phone, and I'll post it wherever I want, you know. And like runs away. Yeah, I mean that lady sucks. Well, yeah, no, that lady's like the worst. But but also don't take selfies. Yeah, but all, <laughs> all, all the when your wife is missing. Let's be fair. All of the women in this movie suck. Yeah. Like, except for Rhonda. Except for Rhonda Boney, who if she if she and that young fake Toby Maguire cop were not having an illicit <laughs> affair, I I will eat a hat. <laughs> um so except for Rhonda Boney, all the women in this movie suck, including can we talk about Andy? Oh, Andy. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Emily Ratatatapowski, or I, I don't know. That's I, what I, I was hoping someone else would say her name before I had to because I don't know how to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I never said her name out loud. Uh, I, I can't pronounce it, but I know her name is Emily and she's very beautiful and she was in that one music video where you can see her boobs. <sighs> and that. Another. I'm just gonna become the annoying trivia person. No, I like the trivia. No, I love podcast. the trivia. Yeah. Um, ben Affleck recommended, uh, like it was his recommendation to David Fincher to cast her, and like he showed her the video. Of course, it was. And it was like the the fucking the thing on IMDb says like Fincher was impressed by her work ethic during filming, but I think yeah, like she she was like very into just being a serious actress and. And being in a David Fincher movie, but it's like, oh, it's because of that stupid fucking video. It's fine. Like, I don't hold anything against her at all. Like, I think she she played her part oh, really yeah. well. But she she played her part really well, which was, like, basically to be this woman. this Because she is, like, really after Ben Affleck, the antagonist. Like, she's the one who kind of sets in motion, like, Amy's plans. So oh, she is the very first person in the movie also who seems like she actually likes Nick. True. Which is so bizarre. So weird. But Like, at no point before they have their first scene together do I think to myself in this movie, like, oh, this person really likes him or feels for him or has empathy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so from here, is it where we go to his sister's house? Is that what happens next here? Yes. Yes. So they go to his sister's house and Andy is like, text, text, text. I'm outside. And he lets her into his sister's house. While Bad his sister, idea, bro. Benadryl's herself to sleep and he's like, oh no, the coast is clear. Like, come, come chill in my house and yeah, take off your dress. Let's see your boobs. Oh, the boobs immediately come out. Also, wonderful boobs. Yes. Yes. Good she's job. Fantastic. She's a yeah. very beautiful woman. Like, yeah, no, I, she is. And like, I love that, like, she's been very outspoken about her sexuality and her, like, agency of her body, which I really love. And like, people try to sexualize her, but she owns her sexuality. So I, I love her. Like, she's, um, I think she like recently got married. She did, and like in a mustard suit. Yeah, that mustard suit. Oh, it's beautiful. It's, <gasps> I love that. With that hat and a hat. Yeah, and a really yeah, crazy a hat, hat with like a a black veil. It oh, amazing. It was like a Bianca Jagger yeah. back in like the seventies, oh, basically. Bianca. Yeah. We should do, like, um, an entire segment just on the things Bianca Jagger wore. <laughs> yeah, just her whole look, her hair, like, ugh. Um, yeah. so, so they have sex in his sister's home on her couch, which, whatever. And then, <laughs> so this was probably, this was possibly the first and only time in the movie that I, like, felt a little bit of empathy and, like, love for this Nick character. Because, 
Because the next morning, he wakes up and he's like, oh, shit, my sister's going to get up. And then he dresses Andy. He, like, zips her into her dress and he's like, okay, here we go. (laughs) Be careful. Although I do have a dress that zips like that. And you have to be careful. Yeah. (laughs) So I appreciated that. I honestly was afraid for her. Yeah, that's a dangerous zipping area. When I watched that movie, I was like, oh, my God, I have a dress that's like that. And I was like, yep, that's very real. Yeah. I just feel like that's such a dad move of being like, okay, gotta get dressed in a hurry. Come on. Out you go. Chop, chop. <laughs> gotta get going. Yeah. <laughs> Except that, you know, your dad should not be doing those kind of things no, to that's you. Why. Yeah, that's terrible. Just, like, so weirdly obsessed with him. Like, oh my God, but I need to be near you. Please make sure you text me like every day. Like, I can't live without you. And it's like, oh, what's wrong with you? Like, I don't know. <sighs> Well, to She's be in her fair, early twenties. Yeah, from what we know from Amy's journals, he may have taken her out to Outback. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys remember? Oh no! Oh my God! My notes are gone, guys. Oh I'm my flying, no! I'm, I'm flying without my wings because I accidentally um, forgot to charge my iPad, and now my notes are gone. But no. My iPad stayed alive long enough for me to know that in one of um, Amy's flashbacks, right after they have sex, <laughs> Nick walks yes. out of the room to the bathroom and goes, do you want to go to Outback tonight? And she's like, yeah, that sounds nice. <laughs> was her response. <laughs> and mind you, it was like the most horrible, like forced, like, I guess I'm just going to be this thing you have sex with kind of sex that was yeah, just... Yeah, that was a really uncomfortable sex uh, yeah, scene. Yeah, it was really sad. <laughs> and so then we learn, like, at some point that their early entries of her diary um, were all real. So, like, their past and their lives in New York. And then she's obviously embellishing some um, in the new entries. Um, but you still kind of get the sense that he was not very nice to her and would just kind of work and teach and then just leave her alone and didn't know if she had friends yeah he was not very interested in her at towards the end of this or like what at the time that she basically disappeared (laughs) yeah so at this point the cops are like zeroing in on nick and they're like yo dude you for sure killed your wife Um, And that's where things kind of turn. And now we start hearing from Amy in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you missed the vigil. (laughs) Oh, the vigil. So his sister catches him with like this young girl and is like, you fucking idiot. You're having a vigil tonight in front of the whole town for your wife. And you're fucking your 20 year old girlfriend. Like, what the hell? Anyway, so Ben Affleck shows up to his fucking vigil again. He's, like, not there early. He just, like, happens to get there just in time to get up on stage and say, like, I love my wife. I'm waiting for you to come home, Amy. Please, anyone help us find Amy. And then Noelle, her pregger, idiot friend, is like, where's your wife, Nick? (laughs) (laughs) what'd you do to your pregnant wife and this is like news to the whole town because nobody knew that she was pregnant neither did her her husband or her parents so everybody standing on stage is just like shocked and then ben affleck does this thing where he's like oh fuck gotta go and like literally just like (laughs) turns around and like hops (laughs) off the little dais thing that he's standing on and just like starts to like like speed walk away and people are like what the fuck where's your wife and the cops have to like escort him and he like literally jumps into the backseat of a cop car and i'm just like okay okay he just looks terrible he is like prancing across this field because he's not walking but he's not running he's doing something in between that seems very it seems like at any moment he could puke (laughs) so yeah and then he gets in the back of the cop car and god bless her Rhonda boney is like 
dude, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Even me, the police person in charge of prosecuting you, is like, get your shit together. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, like, I think she knows, like, deep down, he he's too stupid to have, like, killed his wife. Yeah. So she's kind of on his side, but it's also like, I can't do anything for you. Yeah. You just keep incriminating yourself. Yeah. <laughs> What's the deal? What's going on with you, man? Um, so yeah, so then from here is where we snap over to Amy's side. Which was the best, like, in the book when you just, oh like, turn God. the page. And so it's, like, good. one dead, like, dead, I think it's, like. The name of the. Because she refers, yeah, like, she refers to herself, like, already being dead. And then we get a, a shot of those amazing lists. And I have to be honest with you, dear listener, um, we have spent one hour describing this movie, and this is where it gets really good. (laughs) It's true. Like, this movie was a thousand years long, and this is where I'm like, oh shit, this is amazing! (laughs) It's going down. Hello, sweet listeners. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we this is a two-part episode on Gone Girl. Um, please join us if you are still listening for part two, where we discuss basically the second half of the film revolving around Amy um, and the resolution of the plan that she put into motion. Enjoy the rest of the show. <laughs> 